I'm Alec Lace. Welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Welcome, everybody, to episode 142 of the podcast. I am happy, as always, to be here with you. Thank you for stopping by. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please get over there and bang that subscribe button. You do not want to miss all the action that is coming your way right here on First Class Fatherhood. All right, dads, today's guest was one of the members of the GRS team, which was tasked with protecting a CIA outpost known as the Annex in Benghazi back on September 11th, 2012, when it came under attack by Islamic militants. John Tig Teagan will be here with me in just a minute. And if you throw it back to episode 102, you can hear my interview with actor Max Martini, who played one of the members of the security team in the major motion picture made about the entire event called 13 Hours, The Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. It was so cool to speak with one of the actors of the film. And boy, what an honor it will be to be joined here today and have a chance to speak with one of the actual heroes from the attack. So please stick around for the interview. Some sad news on the home front here for my family. The kid's pet parakeet died yesterday, and my kids were very attached to the bird. They were very busted up over it. We buried the bird in the yard, and if you guys that have gone through this, you know exactly where I'm coming from here. It was really my kid's first introduction to death and having to let go. We've had a few other pets, hamsters and fish, but they weren't really uh, attached to them as much as they were to this parakeet, so it was definitely a growing up experience for all of them. Uh, hopefully benefit them in the long run. On the sports side of things for my kids here, the wrestling season is now over. The basketball season is going to wrap up this weekend, and then it will be on to the spring sports. We got soccer, some track and field, maybe a little flag football. We'll see what happens. Uh, Whatever your kids are going to be into, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, Tomorrow on the show, I will have well-known actor Dean McDermott, who has six children and is married to the very famous Tori Spelling. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Friday, former Navy SEAL Ryan Bates will be here. So lock it into First Class Fatherhood. And please help me out with a rating or a review over on iTunes or wherever you're listening. If you're listening on Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you are, locking it into First Class Fatherhood, drop me that rating or review. It goes a long way to help me out here, guys. Let's keep this celebration of fatherhood going strong. Fatherhood rocks. Family values rule. And every day is Father's Day right here with me. And I'm going to be right back to jump into the action with John Tig Teagan. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. I cannot say thank you enough to all the listeners out there. You will hear a word from my sponsors in the middle of today's interview. If you would like to help me make First Class Fatherhood ad-free, please consider becoming a supporter of the podcast by hitting the link in the description of today's podcast episode. All right, and joining me now is a first-class father. He is a former member of the United States Marine Corps. He is a hero of the 2012 Benghazi attack, which killed four Americans, including a U.S. ambassador. He is an author, a speaker, a security consultant, and it is a tremendous honor for me to say, John Tig Teagan, welcome to First Class Fatherhood. Yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Alec. Okay, John, how many kids do you have, and how old are they? Um, well, do I, do I clean the animals or no? <laughs> you can if you want. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got uh, seven-year-old twins now. Very cool. What type of uh, sports or activities are they into? Uh, got, right now I've got them into some MMA stuff and uh, shooting. That's pretty much it. Awesome. Do me a favor here, John. Please hit my listeners with a little bit about your background and what you do. Um, well, right now I kind of do nothing, uh, <laughs> but, uh, now I, I was, uh, one of the GRS, uh, team members in Benghazi, 
uh, former U.S. Marine, got out as an E5 and uh, did contract for 10 years after uh, I finished uh, out of the Marine Corps. So that's kind of – now I just uh, I try to do shooting competitions and uh, motivational speaking. Yeah, you've had an incredible career, and thank you for your service. When did fatherhood come into the picture for you? Were you still serving at the time when you became a dad, and how did becoming a father change your perspective on life? Uh, we waited. Uh, we've been married almost 20 years now, but we waited, shoot, almost uh, almost 10 years before we decided to have kids. And Actually, uh, it was about 2010, I want to say, when we decided to, to start the process, and we ended up going through IDS and I think the best best decision I ever made though was because they wanted to put three eggs back in, and I said, "No, let's just do two. Um, so I think that was a good decision on my part because I don't know what we do with triplets. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was yeah. So they were, you know, as for how it changed, um, you know, doing a contracting for so long, you know, it definitely changed my mindset once they were actually born because um, you know. People think like Benghazi was like your, you know, must have been like your first rodeo, but it wasn't. It's been, you know, did it for 10 years, so there's been multiple conflicts. Just, you know, I think that night I actually found myself thinking about home quite a bit versus thinking about the situation in front of me, which is really not that great of a, a thing to do. But So I think that definitely, it definitely changed my mind on the way I, I thought while I was overseas. Well said. And since you've been through the process of IVF already, uh, what type of advice could you offer to parents out there who may just be at the beginning stages of the entire thing themselves? It's a it's a long process. Um, you know, we got lucky and it took the very first time. Uh, but still, I mean, it, it was. I think now the VA actually pays for it. When we did, the VA didn't pay for it. Um, but it's you know, it's it is a long process. It just. But it is the cool thing is you actually because we get the very very first picture which is with them when the egg is uh, is fertilized so that's kind of cool to have um, a lot of people don't get get that get that chance to have that kind of picture but um, again the process was for the most part easy it's just very very time consuming because I think it was like a I think it took us about a year just to go through everything. All right. Now, I know that you being a Marine means that you're a very well-disciplined individual here, but how are you as a dad, John, when it comes to uh, being the disciplinarian as a father? You know, I just, you know, you try to treat them as kids, but you treat them, uh, I, you know, I don't, I don't, we never baby talk to our kids. You know, we, we kind of treat them like an adult, you know, don't really, again, I don't baby them. Um, I'm not strict, you know, but, uh, you know, I do, they do get spankings. I really do believe in spankings uh, and, you know, putting them in the corner and stuff like that because I think kids, they need to know what's right, what's wrong, and they need to have discipline. Okay, how about guns and gun safety, John? I always see your posts up there on social media. I know guns are a big part of your world. When is the right time to teach kids about guns and gun safety or, or even let a kid fire a gun? Um, I think, you know, if you got guns in your house, the, the sooner the better because uh, the longer you wait, the more likelihood an accident's going to happen in your house. Um, I mean, you hear about five-year-old kids, three-year-old kids picking up guns and shooting their, you know, their siblings. So, I mean, I taught my kids pretty much as soon as they could start walking and talking. Um, you know, just showed them what a gun. I mean, obviously, they had the toy gun and stuff like that. But uh, I think about three years old is when I really started teaching them, you know, gun safety, what, you know, what a real gun does, what a toy gun does. You know, I took them, I got, you know, I got 40 acres out here, so I took them and I got a bunch of rodents, prairie dogs, 
and, you know, I showed them what a real gun does to things, you know, with rabbits, you know, you know, skin them, a rabbit, stuff like that. You know, I think that the sooner you teach them the way, the better off they are in the long run. You know, my boy, he shot his first rifle at three and a half years old, so... Very cool. How about technology, John? I know a big thing right now with the kids is YouTube. Kids are swiping screens in kindergarten nowadays. How do you handle screen time with your kids? <laughs> that's that's always going to be a struggle. Um, yeah, we got them their iPads. Uh, we we got them pretty early on because you because know, you can learn really quick off electronics as well. But you control what they when they can download stuff because you know we get a warning if they try to buy stuff or download anything on their iPads. Um, we control how much YouTube they have because there's a there's a U- YouTube app called YouTube for Kids, and you can uh, you can tell it for how long they can be on it, pretty much up to one hour at a time, and that's pretty much what we limit to them is about an hour a day on YouTube. Um, we they have like well they still have ABC Mouse, which is a really good you know spelling and stuff like that for them. They still actually they still play with that one quite a bit, but. You know, I just try to put a lot more learning learning games on there than actual games. My boy, he likes um, Minecraft and what is it? Um, shoot, what's this other one? Don't tell me Fortnite. They may be a little young for that yet. No, won't let him play Fortnite. I heard a lot of bad things about that with some kids. <laughs> um, because they just play it so freaking much. Uh, like my cousin kids, they're they're teenagers. They said they can't even get them off that game. So, you know, we I think the biggest thing is just to limit their time on it. And, you know, they, they've kind of gotten down where, you know, they every now and then they get frustrated, but you just got to tell them, hey, you can only play it for so long, and then let's go play a board game. Let's, let's read a book and something like that. So, Yeah, they are really some smart people out there who are designing these things because uh, this Fortnite has really taken off. It's a constant struggle with my 11- and 12-year-old, to be honest with you. It's very hard to compete with. It is. It's, it's crazy. But luckily, I mean, we had a – they like to be outside more than inside. So when it's nice out, they're always outside. So when they're in, when it's nasty outside, it, we kind of were a little more lenient on their uh, on their gaming and stuff like that. Because even though they watch the YouTube, they usually they're always watching something that's actually educational in some form. Yeah, very cool. And one thing that I speak about quite a bit on the podcast here, John, is that to me, it seems like there's an attack in this country on fatherhood and family life. But in particular, masculinity is really under attack right now as well. How do we kind of get that narrative turned around and give more of a realistic view of fatherhood and manhood? That's going to be that's a tough one because, you know, the bad thing is the the liberal side, they control pretty much the whole media aspect of our life. Um, it. it I, you know, again, it just comes down to family. I mean, it, it comes down to the man and the family to just step up and, you know, be a man, do what's right, and, you know, take care of your family, take care of your wife, and, you know, treat everyone, you know, it, just by treating people with respect, I think, shows the difference between a man and what the liberals think a man is. Because sometimes, if you watch the TV and how some of these men treat some of the women on the liberal side, it's freaking insane. Um it's it's just going to be a struggle. I mean, you, I mean, the man's supposed to be the protector, and they don't want the man to be the protector no more. They want everybody just to kind of roll over and lie on their backs and just take it. But, you know, I, there's no way I could do it. Okay, time for a quick break here to get a word from our sponsors and then right back with more from John Teagan. I'm Alec Lace, and you're listening to First Class Fatherhood. NFW Watches. 
First Class Fatherhood has proudly partnered with NFW Watch Company, and now you could take advantage with this exclusive offer. NFW Watch Company was founded on making badass watches that help people, mostly veterans. Get over to nfwonline.com, and listeners can save 15% off their entire order, plus get free domestic shipping by entering the promo code FATHER at the checkout. NFW watches made by a badass with a big heart. NFWonline.com and use the promo code FATHER. SeatGeek. Taking your kids to the ball game is one of the greatest experiences in all of fatherhood. And now, First Class Fatherhood has partnered with SeatGeek and you could save $20 off your next ticket purchase by using the promo code First Class. That's one word, First Class. Maybe you want to go to a Broadway show, a concert. SeatGeek has the best prices for a wide variety of events. It's a slam dunk deal, dads. Get over to www.seatgeek.com and use the promo code First Class to get $20 off your next ticket purchase. SeatGeek.com. Yeah, it's very alarming what's going on right now, especially with uh, so many people, young people in particular, calling for socialism in this country, despite its overwhelmingly disastrous results throughout history. Uh, I try to avoid talking politics as much as I can here because of all the negativity surrounding it. Uh, Is politics, is that something that you would ever consider a career in? Would you ever jump into the political arena? Um, I get asked that quite a bit, but I got two way too many skeletons in my closet. (laughs) Um, You know, I just... I don't know, man. It's it's a nasty politics is nasty, man. I mean, there's I don't. I mean, you got to be. I would probably say probably about ninety percent of them are extremely dirty individuals just to be in politics. Um, yeah. I I just don't. Yeah, I can't see myself doing it. I mean, there's a lot of veterans that are getting in there. They, they try to clean clean it up, but you know, you're fighting the systems that's been around for over two hundred years, and it's it's going to take decades to fix it. You know, I mean, you got. Unless you unless you put in term limits, I don't think it's ever going to be fixed. I mean, what you got you got politicians that make what two hundred thousand something a year, but they're worth one hundred twenty million dollars. Yeah, I mean that's just pure greed, and that's it's just greed and power. It's what's keeping them there. Yeah, it's been very encouraging to see veterans, Navy SEALs getting involved. I mean, we definitely need your guys' presence in Washington. Uh, bringing it back to fatherhood here, how would you feel? I know they're a little young yet for this, but given everything that you've experienced in your career, how would you feel about your kids serving in the military? You know, <clears throat> I don't. I wouldn't mind it, but it also depends on who's president at the time, because um, I don't want you know. Not, again, not to get back into politics, but Obama's rule of engagement really killed a lot of troops. Uh, put it, you know, it, it tied up their hands. You know. You know, you got guys shooting at you. The moment they put their gun down, you're allowed, you're not allowed to engage, but they'll run around the corner, grab another gun, and start shooting you again. So, I think I don't, I wouldn't care if they join, but I would definitely be, you know, cautious about who was actually running the military at the time. I think it's a good thing. It's a very, uh, it teaches you discipline, leadership. You know, it and it teaches a skill. I mean, it's. I think everybody should go through the military just to kind of, especially boot camp. It'll weed out a lot of this. Uh, snowflake stuff going on okay very cool and you've been in some of the darkest places on the planet here so what are some of the big differences between kids that you've seen overseas as opposed to our kids who grow up over here it wasn't really around too many of the kids um i would would probably have to say the kids over there have a lot more street smarts than the kids here um just because they really they're just kind of thrown out to the wolves um 
there's definitely a lot more poverty over there than there is here, way more. I mean, you know, you see kids, it's, it's, I definitely wouldn't want my kids to grow up over there in some of the places, but I don't, I, they definitely is not as educated for the most part. Uh, I would probably say maybe 20, 30% of the kids are actually educated over there at a, at a good level. Um, but, you know, the kids here have it a thousand times better, even though they're not as street smart, you know, but they're very well educated uh, compared to over there. They have a better living lifestyle here than they do there. And, you know, but you just don't know it until you go over and actually see it. So a lot of people here just take it for granted. Okay, I've read the book and seen the movie. Do they give an accurate description of the event? And how would you feel about your kids eventually seeing the film or reading the book? Yeah, I mean, I've I, I got no problem letting them do either or. Um, I mean, I'm, my wife doesn't want them to watch the movie yet. I mean, I don't care if they watch it now. Some of the stuff they, they've watched with me, I mean, I've, I watch more movies all the time with them. And, you know, again, I, I, of course, watching the movie, and I sit in there telling them, like, you know, like, this isn't real, this is fake, you know, trying to explain to them the difference between reality and the movie. Um, but, I, I mean, I, you know, they know I got a book and they know I got a movie, but they have no idea what it is. <laughs> so when I was doing, going around doing a lot of book signings and stuff and every now and then they would come with me and they knew I had a book but they always saw like one book in the house so anytime I'd go around you know do stuff and they'd see somebody with my book a couple of times they walked up and grabbed the book out of their hands and go this is my daddy's book <laughs> alright what are you kind of working on right now what kind of goals do you have for yourself what's coming up next for John Teagan you know I'm just kind of for the most part, sadly, I'm just kind of winging it. But uh, the biggest thing I'm working on now is my foundation. Uh, it's called Beyond the Battlefield. It's helping the veterans and first responders. You know, we, we've we're working on get trying. Our main goal is to try to get veterans dogs. We've got two veteran service dogs. Uh, we're actually in the middle of working on a third right now. Um, but other than that, you know, we've you know we've done toy runs for the for the fire department that were that was affected by uh, uh, was it a Paradise Fire. I'm in California. Um, took like a trailer full of toys out there for the kids, and it's about three thousand dollars worth of gift cards. Um, we've uh, rebuilt, well, not we've helped rebuild one house for a veteran, helped redo a house for another veteran. We've buried a World War II veteran. You know, we've given out food. You know, we just try to do whatever we can when we can for veterans and first responders. We've helped them get uh, help with the PTS and TBI stuff. So it's, you know, we're kind of all over the board. We just again. I do a lot of uh, speaking events for a lot of these other foundations and hear other guys that tried to work with other foundations and they're like, well, you're this, we can't help you. Oh, we don't do that. We can't help you. You know, so we just kind of, we try to do whatever we can when we can do it. If we can't do it, we'll find them the resource that, that can help them. Yeah, that's awesome. I will definitely include a link to your foundation in the description of this podcast episode. This way my listeners can just tap the link, get over there, and find out more about it. Last thing I want to hit you with here, John, I love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast, what type of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about-to-be father who's out there listening? Get that diaper, genie. Because I tell you <laughs> what, man. <laughs> um, you know, I actually enjoyed it for the most... I mean, I did... I, you know, when I was there, I was actually in Benghazi, and the twins were born, and I got, you know, I flew home, so they were two months premature. Um, but, you know, it, again, it's going to change everything. You know, you got to expect, you got to be ready for it. Just try to prepare for as much as you possibly can ahead of time. Don't wait for it. Say, ah, oh, just kind of see what happens. 
Um, you know, we, we tried to prepare for as much as we could. You know, we had baby gates before they could even crawl. You know, we had, <clears throat> you know, all the rooms set up for them before they even came home. I mean, it was, I think being pre- prepared beforehand, it, it helped out a ton. And just be patient. I mean, and don't don't be afraid to wake up in the middle of the night and take care of the kid while the wife sleeps because, you know, that's, I think, that helped her out quite a bit. When I, when I was home, I'd always get up and like, let her sleep in, and I took care of the kids when they cried, even though it was twins. But, again, if you do do the IVF and they put three in, be prepared to have three because we did two and we had two. So. Well said. I love the message. This has truly been an honor for me. i got to say, John Teagan, thank you so much for giving me a few minutes of your time on First Class Fatherhood. Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, back to wrap things up in just a second here. Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. I got to give a special thank you once again to John Teagan for giving me a few minutes of his time. That was so cool. Please hit me up on Twitter, guys, or drop me that DM over on Instagram. I always love reading your comments and your feedback about the episodes. And then lock it in for tomorrow. I'm going to have actor Dean McDermott stopping by. And then Friday, former Navy SEAL Ryan Bates. Also, I'll be dropping a couple of guest announcements on you that's going to be joining me next week. i got an awesome week scheduled for you guys. Please, don't keep the podcast a secret. Let every dad in your neighborhood or in your contact list, let them know where you're listening to this podcast. Let's keep this celebration of fatherhood going strong. That's all i got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. You have been listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.